Hello, everyone, and welcome. You're listening to the 888 Align podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Hanna. I'm a serial entrepreneur who likes to immerse into many facets of life, focusing on growth, mindset, healing, and soul alignment. Eight represents strength, prosperity, balance, power, overcoming, stability, and to me, the yin and yang of life. Pain weaves the gratitude for the beauty in life and appreciation for our generational evolution. You're in the right place if you're looking to dive deeper into finding meaning within yourself and your life experiences, work towards transforming into and aligning with your highest version of yourself, take action steps towards building and creating the life of your dreams, as well as explore discussions on health and wellness, balance, self-care, plus areas like travel, fashion, art, culture, manifestation, entrepreneurship, and even a little spirituality. To be 888 aligned means to be aligning to your strongest and most powerful and enlightened version of yourself. To continue to evolve and always be open to growth while staying true to your core values and individuality. Let's get started with this week's alignment. Hello, everyone, and good morning. Welcome back to 888 Aligned. Thank you for taking the time to check out the podcast and tune in as always. We are heading towards the end of the year, and today I wanted to talk about entering into 2024 and how we can take it up a notch for ourselves and not just in a let me make a list of resolutions and forget them in a month kind of way, but in a way that sets us up to feel overall happier, more at peace, healthier, and more excited and passionate about life. 2024 is going to be the year of freedom for you. It's going to be the year of living. So as I've mentioned in one of my previous episodes, you don't need to feel this pressure to change yourself once it's a new year. It's so marketed that every new year there needs to be a better and newer version of ourselves, like a new upgrade. We don't have to look at it that way. Sometimes we are already working on ourselves before the start of the new year and we have things we've been implementing and we feel all this pressure to kick it up and maybe end up messing up with our flow. Other times we put too much pressure to actually change something and go so hard at it that it's too much to keep up with. And then there are times where we feel completely ready to change, redo, start over, and rebuild. I want you to take what fits you best and rings true to you and be honest with yourself and very non-judgmental with yourself, as I always say, of what you need out of this and out of this episode and go at it at your own pace, whether it's everything or just one thing. So with that, let's get into today's episode. So I want to talk about ways to up-level your life inside and out that you can ease into that by just a month in and also even 12 months in, you're going to feel and experience a big difference. All of these are about finding balance in areas you are lacking that will help you feel so much better in 2024. And if you go back to the episode Masculine and Feminine Energy, all of this also has to relate to that as well. And you can listen back on that episode to get into the details of how to balance masculine and feminine energy within yourself. And everyone has their own of both. But today we're going to talk about the balance and how to balance ourselves within life. Because when we work to improve the things I'm going to dive into in this episode, we change how we feel and live life. And that's how much it's going to impact your overall well-being as a human being living on this earth, walking on this earth. So how can we level it up, take control, 
and feel the best version of ourselves in 2024. Let's get into it. So first, I'm going to start with how you care for yourself. So I'm going to go over first physical. So with physical, we have our rest, our health, and our body that impacts our entire functionality day to day. Let's get into it. Your sleep, your rest, and your downtime. Rest and sleep are such an important vital components of our health, healing, happiness, and functionality. I know this sounds incredibly basic and maybe even boring to you, but stay with me here. If you aren't getting in a certain amount of sleep each day that allows you to feel well-rested and aren't taking the time to give yourself downtime and rest, honestly, you're not treating your body well. Remember, your body is carrying you. It's your vessel. Your mind isn't always going to think about what is best for the body. So even if it's telling you, nah, you don't need that much sleep, you can sleep on the weekend or when you're older, that is frankly bullshit. I'm sorry, but you are truly fucking with your internal systems that won't help you live out a healthier life when you're older. And you know that old saying, I'll sleep when I'm dead, it's literally stemming from this toxic hustle culture we grew up in, at least millennials and up. So first comes prioritizing the functionality of the body, our vessel that is carrying us through on this earth. So let's get scientific for a second, especially for those of you out there who are shaking their heads, thinking this is something that should be skipped over. Sleep is essential for our physical and mental well-being. Getting poor sleep or not enough hours of sleep for our bodies results in poor ability to focus. We have delayed reactions. We have mood swings. We're way more at risk for illnesses, and I'm not just talking about catching a cold. During sleep, the body works to repair muscles, tissues, your brain, all of your organs and other cells, chemicals that work to strengthen your immune system, circulate through your blood. So put your health and the quality at which you upkeep your body and allow all of its systems to work properly first, especially when your mind is telling you that you don't need it. Or you grew up in a type of generational feedback loop that is surrounded around toxic culture of no rest. I used to be one of those people that prided myself on getting extremely little sleep and never resting or stopping because I was so busy and filled my schedule and work up so much that I felt better when I was overworked because I thought that it meant that I was pushing myself the right way, doing the right thing, that I was working harder than everyone else and felt like I had something to prove. Literally, I would get three to five hours or less at a maximum and feel like I had something to be proud of, like I was winning some contest. But that's partly in how I was brought up and then partially in growing up around a time in society where hustle culture was more prominent than anything else and where we were trained to believe that if we weren't working almost all hours of the day, we weren't going to be successful and not be able to function in society and not make enough money and so on. I was brought up in an age that if you slept a lot, quote unquote, meaning you got seven to eight hours of sleep, you were considered lazy. That is just wild. And if you grew up in that type of environment or culture or household or decade, then you know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you something. Choosing on purpose to not get much sleep or not take time to take a break and rest because you want to prove something that you are working hard or you don't need it and you want to hustle, hustle, hustle and not prioritize rest is all in the ego. You do need it. Our body heals itself when we are sleeping. Our body gets to calm down when we are resting and take breaks. That way, we don't feel like we are in survival mode when we allow ourselves to rest consistently when needed and when even not needed. A few episodes back, I talked about the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. When we are in survival mode and just going, 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 our body is under stress. That's when our sympathetic nervous system is taking control. It's our fight or flight system. So it's pumping out our stress hormones. It increases our heart rate. 
It makes our muscles tense up. It prepares the body for danger and increases certain overexertions of certain organs within our body. It also impacts our brain and our neural pathways. So listen to this. When we are in flight or flight mode, our sympathetic nervous system works with shorter neural pathways to make faster decisions, which also means for those of you trying to rewire your brain and change your thoughts and change your subconscious thoughts and your old habits and break feedback loops, by getting little rest, sleep, and putting yourself in a state of fight or flight or survival mode, you're actually self-sabotaging yourself because you're not likely to make these long-term changes you're trying to make because you're cutting the new pathways you're trying to make and going back towards the old short ones because that is the quick response system stepping in and fighting. And our quick response system is going to be the easy subconscious response as well because whatever is a strong neural pathway is going to have a faster response and is also going to be the one where your brain goes first if you're especially in fight or flight. So in a lot of my previous episodes, I've talked about the subconscious mind and rewiring your subconscious and changing your life and changing your thoughts and changing what you manifest and what you bring into your life and how you feel every day. Well, when you're not getting sleep, you're really going to sabotage what you're trying to do and work on here. If you're going and trying to change these things and help yourself and change your life, sleep is key. It's foundational. So when we incorporate more downtime, rest, and sleep, our bodies regulate with the parasympathetic nervous system, which slows us down. It works to maintain homeostasis in the body, meaning sending the right amounts of signals and hormones and functions to the different parts of our body to function better and properly and find where the imbalances are and bounce them back. It brings the body to a state of calm. It works to increase digestion, which helps our body rid of the toxins that we have and so much more. You want to be successful in life and your career and feel good and genuinely happy and balanced. You need sleep, rest, and downtime. Specifically with me, whenever I see an entrepreneur or someone you know, doing really well and being very successful, talk about how much they have to hustle, hustle, hustle. And if you want to be successful, you have to hustle. I genuinely disagree with that mentality. Yes, there is a time to hustle, of course. There is a time to pick it up and keep pushing. There's also a time to balance yourself and get the rest. And a lot of times we often see these people either burn out, we see that they don't get to spend time with their family and they're missing out on something, they're imbalanced, or they get sick. And I went through a period of my life where I was pushing myself to the extreme and I literally went and faced massive burnout because of it. And I realized this was a lesson that I had to go through and it, I'm happy that it happened earlier on in my life where I was forced to rest in a way because I was pushing myself so hard that there was no way you can tell me to slow down or take a beat. And at one point in my life, getting little sleep was a choice. And another part of my life, getting little sleep was not my choice. And if getting little sleep is not your choice, I empathize for you and I implore you to figure out methods and ways you can protect yourself and get the rest your body needs and deserves. At one point, I lived in a very toxic environment that didn't allow me the comfort of a full night's sleep. That didn't allow me to sleep through the night. It didn't give me the safety and comfort of not being bulldozed out of my sleep in the middle of the night. For many, many years, I literally developed sleep trauma. And what happened after that, I was perpetually sick. I was never in a good mood. I was always depressed and highly anxious. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't make good business decisions. I was not getting work done properly. 
or just could not simply work at all because I was so dizzy and exhausted and my body just was not functioning from no sleep. My body became the most unhealthy version of itself I've ever experienced in so many ways. It was the most extreme. And when it was a choice to get basically no sleep, it was because I was pushing myself to embrace this idea of hustle culture. I wanted to be like everyone else around me saying they have no time for sleep because they are so busy and they made me feel like if I got a full night's rest, I was slacking on something or privileged. And honestly, my belief at this point is just that you're martyring yourself when you say that and when you feel that and when you have the ability to figure out how to get your body to rest. Don't do that. And yes, getting rest is such a privilege, 100%, especially when there are people that can't because of factors they cannot control. I truly, deeply empathize for people who don't have that ability. I've gone through it massively, and it is a horrible experience to have something so needed for your body stripped from you. So experiencing both of these allowed me to realize that I was taking rest for granted and really not taking care of my body when I was trying to prove I was working hard and that I was hustling because everything was always about the grind. And if you weren't grinding, then you were lazy. So if you're in the position where you could actually find more hours to get the right amount of sleep for your body, where you can take downtime, where you can balance out when you take a rest, even if you don't feel like you need it, but it's just part of a routine. It becomes part of the same routine where you're working and then you're also taking rest as part of it. If you can figure out how to put up boundaries with work or life and get in more rest, if you suffer from being sick all the time and you're cranky, depressed, anxious, or just generally angry because your mind didn't get enough rest or your body, find more time for sleep, more time for rest, and more time for downtime. (laughs) Figure out how to schedule that for yourself. Build a healthy routine for yourself as well, and this is really important for our circadian rhythm and how our body kind of gets us tired and wakes us up, having the same type of routine every day or almost every day as much as you can when you get ready for bed, when you wind down, when you get into bed, when you wake up. It doesn't always have to be that way, but having a consistent routine is incredibly important because our body really reacts to how we function and how we go to sleep. It's trying its best to function with what we do for it, right? So work with your body, not against it. Because when you are stripped of your basic needs, like being able to sleep, your entire view on how necessary building a safe, stable, and consistent environment for sleep changes. And that is absolutely what has happened to me, and that is why I am stressing it so much today. So do not take that for granted and figure out how to build this in for yourself. And part two, for the physicality of ourselves, be your own advocate for your body. What we put in is what we get out. So first, talking about food, and again, this is not about weight or even as far as saying how healthy you are. Let's just talk about how there are things each of us need for our bodies to feel good. And we are also different. We all have different levels that are high and low, and we need different supplements for them. When we do, we can easily feel a difference in our energy levels and even our happiness and functionality levels. And you may know what I'm talking about, like when you eat a really nutrient-dense meal and you feel literally your cells taking in that food. You feel your body nourishing and you get energy out of it. You actually feel happier. You feel energized. You feel ready to go. It doesn't matter. I'm not talking about calories. I'm not talking about anyone's weight. I'm talking about what is it that your body needs to get the right nutrients in. And everyone is going to be different. But do this for yourself so that you can feel good. And if you haven't experienced that, 
then start experimenting and figuring out what foods make you feel good, what foods don't. It's really just about listening to your body more than anything else. Be your own advocate for your body. That's what I also want you to really take in for 2024. Take care of your body in a way compared to like a machine, right? When a machine is missing certain parts and pieces, it doesn't function mechanically so well. There's short changes, sparking, fires, breakdowns, certain things are missing. Take care of yourself in a way that is individual to you. Put in the foods and the nutrients and supplements that are specific to you that you know will make you feel better, work better, function better. And if you don't know what those are, then be your own detective for yourself. Research, go to the right doctors, ask many, many questions, research some more and be your own advocate and health coach. You're capable of figuring this all out. And when you do and have the ability to get help with other coaches or help from other people and resources, and if you can afford that and if you can do that, that's great. If you can't, you can also work to start researching on your own and then start taking yourself to places and spaces that can help you. Even when you know nothing, speaking from someone who has had to figure out a lot on my own of these types of things, put in the work, research very deeply, keep going, dive deep, speak with different health professionals. Don't listen to those that shoot you down or make you feel bad. Take the time to figure it all out for yourself. We all deserve to feel good in our bodies that we have to live in during our time here on earth. So really focus on being your own detective for your body, being your own advocate for your body, and then your own motivator and coach for your body. Do all this for yourself. And then next, get your body moving, whether it be walking, running, going to the gym, dancing, any kind of exercise that you enjoy, pickleball, tennis, anything. It promotes digestion. It releases feel-good neurotransmitters like endorphins and serotonin and helps us release stale and stuck energy. It helps our bodies regulate. Whether or not you're an athlete or a couch potato, getting your body moving is so, so important. Do not take that for granted. As someone who has also experienced injuries, that has inhibited me from doing a lot of the things I love physically and caused a lot of different situations in my life where I could not move my body the same way. Do not take your ability to move your body for granted. Move your body. And part three for the physicality of it all, make sure you're hydrating. We are all out here sucking down lots of coffee, espressos, maybe even energy drinks, and then going out and drinking if that's what you'd love to do. And that's all fine and good. I love myself a triple espresso every day. But how much water are you actually drinking a day? I can't stress this enough. Drinking enough water has drastically changed how I feel and how well my body functions. Your body is made up of about 60% water, okay? And these are stats I've definitely looked into and you can research yourself. But what I've found is the brain and the heart are made up of about 73% water, the lungs 83% water, the skin 64%, the muscles and kidneys 79%, and even bones 31%. So yeah, I didn't just make those up. These are studies I've found and you can look into these. But if all of our body and parts and organs and different parts of our body is made up of all of this water. If you are not taking in enough water, how do you think all these parts are functioning? So if you're not drinking enough water, stop self-sabotaging your body, okay? Your cells need the water to function well and take care of your body. You need water for your brain, every other organ in your body, and to flush out toxins and so much more. 
Again, this may seem really overrated and very basic, but drink more water, fuel your body properly in 2024. Okay, so for 2024 part one, what are we going to do? We are going to take care of the physical parts and the physicality of ourselves. We are going to incorporate more rest, more downtime, and get in quality sleep. We are going to make sure we start trying to find what is needed for our bodies for nutrient-wise, supplement-wise, and just make our bodies function better, fueled better, and working better so that our brains work better, so that we feel good, we feel energized, we can take on the day, the month, the year because we feel so great. And then we are going to make sure we are sucking down that water and prioritizing the water we intake for our bodies as well and all of our organs in our body because a lot of times we are just marketed all of this crap, all of these energy drinks, all of this Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts and every other thing, and we are not really marketed all the things that are actually really needed for our bodies to feel good, okay? And then in that, in turn, impacts our mental and emotional self-care. So that's number two that we're getting into. So what is healthy for your mind is also healthy for your body. What you feed your mind matters because our mind can also take control over our body when we are not taking good care of our mental and emotional well-being. So this is really about regulation of our physical and mental and really figuring out how to balance it all. We can easily kick ourselves into fight or flight mode and cause our body to stress out and then get ill just from what we think and feel. Okay, and I'm not going to say whether this is true or not or accurate or not. You can do your own research. This is something I believe and have researched very in-depth for myself. But I do believe cancer and different illnesses that happen within the body, aside from also being passed down through genetics and cultivating toxin buildup in the body, and a lot of other factors that I'm not going to get into today, can also be caused by holding on to and burying emotions like anger and sadness and pain and not releasing them, but compartmentalizing them and feeling them all the time and suppressing them. Because a lot of times we are brought up to not believe that our mental and emotional health impacts our physical body, especially the older generations. We are meant to prioritize our physical health over our mental health. And a lot of times the older generations believed that mental health is not really real and it's not a big deal. And just get over it. Just move on. And I think the newer generations are starting to really bring that in and prioritize that and know how important it is. But a lot of times we were not brought up that way. So another thing I want to bring up that you can also research, and I'm just going to briefly talk about it, is fascia. So fascia is a thin casing of connective tissue that basically surrounds all of our organs and blood vessels and bones and nerves and muscles, and it keeps it in place. And the tissue does more than just provide this internal structure. It has nerves that make it almost as sensitive as skin, and when it's stressed, it tightens up. Okay, and why is this relevant? Well, our emotions are known to be stored within our body and within the fascia. So not only is the fascia the connective tissue, it's closely intertwined with the nervous system, which is responsible for regulating our emotions. So when we are stressed and angry and any negative emotion, our fascia tightens up and it continues to tighten up and tighten up and tighten up. And when that tightens up, it's impacting the tightness around our muscles, around our organs, around our blood vessels. And you can kind of deduce what happens when all of this starts happening. So our emotions are so tightly connected to our body 
causing the fascia to tighten up when we get upset, when we get angry. And over time, this buildup causes restriction on all these important organs and muscles, and it causes a lot of injuries. It causes a lot of physical ailments and and problems with our organs. There is so much to be said about fascia. I am super passionate about what I've learned over the last four years about fascia and really learning about how to release these muscles and the different fascia parts that have tightened up for myself. But I'm very passionate about this because I've learned so much about my health and well-being and what has been stored as a result. And if you've ever seen someone get fascia release, which you can just like look up on social media even or Google, you'll see people have an emotional response as well when they have a fascia release, which a fascia release meaning, you know, there's someone who is trained that works on releasing a certain area of the body. Maybe it's a very, very tight muscle that has a buildup of years of time or tightness around an organ and they work to release the fascia around these areas and you'll see that person have an emotional response because they're releasing the emotion tied to it as well. So fascia is incredibly, incredibly important to learn about and it also just shows us how much our emotions are impacting our body and our health. So that was just a little bit of a tangent and especially for those of you who don't really prioritize your emotional health and your mental health. But how can we really balance that and how can we take on a new approach for 2024? Let's first take a look at what types of things you take in day to day. What kind of content do you feed your mind just like you feed your body certain foods that creates an energy output? What you feed your mind creates an energy output on your emotions and your mentality. Look at and analyze what kind of shows you watch, what you see day to day on social media, what kind of creators you follow and how they make you feel how much time you actually spend on any of these apps and social media, and how much time you spend on your phone and in a digital world, whether that be gaming or on social versus actually paying attention to your reality in real life and being in your physical world. And if you're constantly looking at reading or listening to the news and certain kinds of music, all you're doing is programming yourself. So all of this is programming. And when you're not taking control over that and when you're not being conscious to it, you're allowing yourself to get subconsciously programmed. I used to say that I only listen to music for the beat and tempo even and the feeling behind it and not the lyrics until I started actually listening to some of the lyrics and then I realized what I was repeating and saying and singing along to. It's all programming. And you don't have to go crazy with this. I definitely have my depressing playlist and even my angry weightlifting workout playlists. But what I'm saying is, when you feed your brain and mind a consistent pattern of energy, emotion, and beliefs, you're subconsciously programming yourself to feel that, believe that, feed off of that. And it also becomes very addicting. So it's one thing with what we're already struggling with in our lives, whether we have trauma or depression or triggers, and whether we're going through a rough patch in our lives, whether we're struggling with something and dealing with some hard things and hardships in our lives... But then what are we also feeding ourselves on top of that? So pay more attention to the types of shows you're watching. Like if they're all drama, thriller, or stress shows all the time that make you feel something like some sort of jump scare or stress emotion. And then on top of that, are you listening to the news and feeling drained and sad and horrible? And then on top of that, are you feeding yourself more content from social media and that's making you feel a certain way? And I'm not saying to become completely unaware or completely take yourself off of all these things and all these apps 
and unaware to the news and completely going cold turkey on everything. Just create some boundaries. Start being conscious of how you feel after you finish a show or listen to the news or scroll on social media for an hour. Just build more boundaries consciously in front of yourself to protect your emotions and your mental health and your subconscious programming so that you actually feel better in general. I know that if I'm sitting there scrolling on social media for an hour versus I look for a minute or five minutes max and then consciously take myself off of my phone, I will feel better. The same way they say not to be on your phone before you go to sleep or when you first wake up. And if you're feeling drained, down, lonely, sad, angry, or any of these low vibe emotions, then start taking some of that stuff out of your life. You're going to notice a big difference in your day-to-day life when you make efforts to create boundaries around these things and making this shift. And then I want you to be more aware of and thoughtful of what you decide to put in. So once you start taking things out, start creating more boundaries and time limits on things, what are you putting in? Some suggestions I like are reading self-help books or self-improvement or business books or just success books or stories about people that are inspiring to me, listening to certain podcasts that make me feel good or relaxed, whether they be self-help or just lifestyle podcasts that make me kind of just feel calm, listening to a quick guided meditation each day, watching something that makes me feel safe and calm, like a feel-good show or something that's kind of predictable, listening to calming music, especially binaural beats. And if you're going to listen to them, make sure you put headphones in. And creating my own content rather than consuming others' content, this allows me to get into more of a creative place for myself and work on better habits and more self-expression for myself. And instead of just consuming so much content, creating more content, that is definitely something I've been working on over the past year. Less consumption, more creativity. And after all of that, prioritize your mental health as well and emotional health in other ways, like going to therapy, learning how to release your emotions, doing certain things that help you feel better, not just what you put in, but it's also what's already inside of you. Pay attention to the things that you already feel that exist within you and figure out how to release them, how to heal them, do the shadow work. So it's not just what we feed ourselves. We do have to release. I like to use this analogy sometimes, especially for those who are struggling inside. Let's say that you have a cup of water and it's filled to the top, but there's also poison inside, okay? And you can't physically dump the cup of water. It's not just a quick dump. But what you can do is you can place the water under a faucet and let running water feed through it slowly. So if that water is running through, obviously over time, the poison is going to run itself out, okay? So you're feeding in water and therefore feeding in good things for your mental and emotional health while also having an opening for release for the poison to go out of. And it's going to take time. The poison can't just be dumped out, right? But as you feed in more good and you allow for the release and work of the the poison and the old and the bad and the low vibe to go out, you slowly will be filled fully with clean, healthy water, right? So we can do the same for ourselves. We do have to have an area of release, a place of release, a way of releasing to get all of that muck out and then fill it with good. And that's incredibly important for ourselves to do really well and function, especially if you're going through a hard time in life. So for me, for instance, being an entrepreneur, 
it's never (laughs) simple and easy. Of course, there are ups and downs. If I was feeding myself constant negativity and surrounded around constant negativity, which I've definitely experienced before, it just makes it that much harder to believe in myself and to push myself and to be confident and keep going forward. You get imposter syndrome. You start doubting yourself. You do not attract the right things. You really just have a much harder time being successful. And the hardships I've experienced within building businesses and being an entrepreneur, when I was surrounded by things that were bringing me down, I really had a hard time getting myself motivated, being confident in moving forward with the business, being able to make sound decisions, being able to be creative in my decisions, being able to push myself forward. When I feed myself things that inspire me and make me feel good and bring me up, being able to push past all of this is so much easier. It's so much smoother. It's incredible, the differences. So that goes to show, and you'll see this with almost anything you're going through in life. How you perceive these situations is based on what you're feeding yourself and based on your trauma and based on your experiences in life. So reflect on all that, work on all that, do that shadow work, then feed yourself the right stuff. Okay, number three, prioritize other forms of self-care, self-love, self-help, and self-improvement. So we talked about sleep, rest, exercise, and health and mental and emotional care. Next, I want you to reflect on how happy you are and how your life is going who your inner circle is, and where are you taking yourself over the next year. So much can change in a year, and sometimes it's up to us to face the things we are afraid of, and other times it's about surrendering and detaching to what life and the universe is throwing at us and going with the flow of things. So I want you to ask yourself, are you happy? Literally say that out loud. Say, am I happy? And what is that answer you get from your gut, okay? So are you happy with where your life is going? Are you happy in your relationships, your friendships? Are you happy with your career? Are you happy with what you're deciding to pursue in life if you're in school? Are you happy with where you live and what you do? If the answer is no to any of those questions, then ask yourself, am I working on changing this already and in the process of becoming happier? If the answer is no to that, then maybe it's time to decide if this is the year you're going to take steps to make changes. Like I said, a lot can happen in a year, but we need to figure out what we can control and make shifts in. Get out of toxic friendships and eliminate the people that are creating negative emotions and making you feel down and bad. Doing that alone makes a really huge difference. I have always done this in my life where if I am in a toxic friendship, whether it was in high school, college, regular life. If I need to get out of it, I'm going to get out of it. Things are not going to, I am not going to sit in this toxic friendship that is holding me back, that is not making me feel good, that is not serving me because I put a lot into my friendships. I really put my entire heart and soul into my friendships. I deeply care about the people that I keep in my inner circle and I put a lot of effort and care towards those people. So if I feel I am being drained through these friendships and they are not changing, and I am feeling like I'm not being reciprocated in any way, even in the way that that person shows love. Or if I feel like I'm not being supported in the same way I support my friendships, or if I feel that they are bringing me down or making me feel insecure or making me feel depressed or giving me a hard time or 
fighting with me a lot and there's no resolutions, if they're bringing me down, which I've experienced a lot of, or having a really bad mindset around what I'm pursuing in life or just not supporting me, I am no longer in that place. But when I was, this deeply impacted me and deeply made me feel bad and made me hide myself and made me not present myself out to the world as much. Get away from those friendships. If those are the friendships that you are surrounded around, get away from them. Break free from them. They are not serving you. If I don't receive that back, if I don't receive what I put out back, that friendship is not going to last for me because it's so important to get that reciprocating energy back and forth. That kind of flow is part of what the flow is that carries you through life, your community, your inner circle, your friendships, your relationships. If you're not getting good flow back, you're going to drain yourself and then you're going to take away from the best version of yourself, the best outcome for yourself, the best person you can be. And if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of friends or any friends, then that's another thing that you decide, am I in my solo era? Am I building myself? And that's totally fine too. I've been in that place as well. There's plenty of times where I have just fully sunken into myself, worked on myself, built myself up, and then attracted the right group of people around me. And that happens in flows as well. If you're someone who never had a best friend and didn't have childhood friends growing up or didn't get to stick with those friends from childhood, there are some people that even at 50 have their friends from high school. If that's not you, which I fully relate to that, that's totally normal and that's totally okay. And don't feel down about that. Work on yourself. Make the best version of yourself. You're going to attract the right people into your life. So if you're in a toxic relationship, no one is going to get you out of that except for yourself. And that's a tough love, hard pill to swallow. You need to get yourself out of what you're in. That's only going to be up to you. No one is going to do that for you. If it's not serving you and not bringing you happiness with all due respect and love, free yourself. Also, They say that the five people closest to you and that you're around and interact with the most have the biggest impact on shaping who you are, how you feel, your success, and the energy you attract and put out. When it's time to replace or take out some of those people in that inner circle of yours, have your own back. Like I always say, you'll be okay. Time is a beautiful medicine. We need to get rid of the stuff that holds us back from more amazing things to have room to come in. If you are unhappy at your job or what you study, what can you do to change that? What are you passionate about? How can you incorporate more of that into your life? What makes your soul beam and makes you smile every time? What makes you excited and inspired? Do more of that and bring more of that into your life. Find ways. You can always find a way in some way, shape, or form. We never know when it will be our last year on earth, right? We never know. We truly don't. Make it count. Make it worth it. Make it filled with places, people, and things that fulfill your heart and your soul. It doesn't have to be extreme. It could be some simple things. It could be slow living. It could be fast living. It's whatever makes you feel good. And along the lines of self-care, self-care does not always look like the things we want to do to pamper ourselves. Sometimes it does, but sometimes. And also this does touch on one and two that I talked about earlier with physical and mental emotional care, but it's also the things as small as Cleaning up your home and your environment, even when you don't want to, or when you're in a depression, getting in the shower and getting yourself up and dressed, 
doing more things that you know that even when you don't want to do them, you know that if you do them, your future self will thank you for doing them. Think more like that and you will start improving how you feel every day. After I started incorporating that, I found many times where I was thanking my past self for setting my future self up. You can do that in small ways that make a big difference. Self-care doesn't always look pretty and pampered. Sometimes self-care is about getting in the dirt and the trenches and picking yourself up and starting over. And I've done that a million times, and I'm sure a lot of you have. That is self-care. That is real. You can do it, and I fully believe in you. And number four, if you truly want to be free, aside from finding what makes you happy and following through with it and taking proper care of yourself, face the fears that you have around up-leveling your life and upgrading the version of your life that you're living. I always say to walk with fear next to you like your friend holding hands. Fear and failure are meant to be lessons we learn to reach the other side of things and experience a different version of our lives we often didn't perceive could be part of our realities. You can do anything. There are infinite possibilities. Don't let the fear of failure and the fear of embarrassment and just the overall fear of whatever it is that's stopping you stop you. If you know there is something you want to accomplish or a place you'd love to reach at in life, but you're scared, realize that your fear is the only thing stopping you from turning your wants into a reality, right? I'll give you a small example. I used to be terrified of public speaking, but I knew that one day and many times in life I'd encounter situations where I'd have to be expected to give speeches, give talks, even record myself in videos, present to people. If I wanted to be a successful entrepreneur with employees, with any marketing I'm doing, with any content creating, if I want to get on a stage and give a talk, I didn't know exactly what I'd have to do, but I knew not being comfortable speaking in front of people would hold me back. So what did I do? I forced myself to join things that would make me public speak. Who does that? I know, right? Well, I'm telling you to do that. I joined the clubs where I had to present in front of groups of people. I joined an organization where I had to give presentations in front of professors and business professionals. I literally joined a club that made me basically build an entire program, teach students, present that program at a competition on a stage in front of large groups of people and be judged on it. I even forced myself to join a beauty pageant and get on stage and talk and do things and get in front of people and give a speech and then give another speech and answer questions. I did all of this to push myself to get over the fear of presenting and being in front of people and showing myself. Another thing I used to do, I used to be afraid of networking. So what did I do? I took myself and joined my friends in networking events and forced myself into these situations. In Taekwondo, in the martial art that I did, when I had to test for different belts, I used to be terrified of breaking wood. And we even had to break concrete. I did not like sparring. I used to be scared of sparring people. You know, I started this when I was four. So, of course, like this over time, I had to face these fears and I wanted to get to the next belt. At some point in time, I was afraid of all these things. I had to push through it in order to get to that next level. All of this is about facing your fear. Face it. Just do it. You can do the one, two, three method where if it's that simple and easy, you say one, two, three, and then push yourself to do it. You have to get past this if you want to change your life, if you want to change your reality, And if what is stopping you is something you're afraid of, 
or if it's because you had one failure or two failures or 10 failures or 100 failures in it. If you know what the other side is something that you want to do, you just haven't hit the mark yet. That doesn't mean that you stop. You keep going. You're going to hit the mark. You just have to find the right path. That's all. Okay, and lastly, five, your mindset about it all, meaning all of life, (laughs) everything you encounter, every hardship, every great experience, every negative experience matters, meaning your confidence, how you perceive and adjust and adapt to situations and the boundaries and barriers you have and hard as rock skin, meaning tough ass skin you have when it comes to what others think of you, what you do, how you feel, and how you present yourself and show up in the world. The amount of times I've had to experience a lot of judgment, a lot of deception, a lot of times where I was convinced by someone to not do something when they were just kind of standing in front of me, but behind it was amazing billions of opportunities, but I got deflected by that one person. Do not get impacted by people when you're pursuing what you want in life. Do not. Do not let that be the thing that stops you. Okay, so to wrap it up and tie it all together, how can you up-level your life, feel good and happy, and step into success in 2024 in whatever version of life that looks like for you? One, prioritize your physical health, your sleep, your rest, your downtime. Bring balance into your life and make it an integral part of your routine. Be conscious of what you put into your body so that whatever output happens, it feels good and strong. The nutrients you put in, the supplements, be your own detective and advocate always. And then coach and motivate yourself if and until you can and want to bring in more help. You have every capability to do it for yourself. Start with the baby steps. And speaking of steps, keep your body moving in some way, shape, or form. Two, At the same time, prioritize your mental and emotional health. Go to therapy, find ways to release old traumas or hardships that you've been through in the past or that you're going through right now. Dig out the muck and then fill yourself in with the good. Focus on what you're feeding your brain and your emotions with day to day. Be conscious to how it motivates and makes you feel in in general for your life, in your career, in your relationships, in your well-being. Make changes and set boundaries to protect, build, and feed your brain, mental, and emotional well-being with good things. Three, incorporate other forms of self-care. What makes you happy and who makes you happy? Do the things that are needed for yourself on top of the things that are wants in order to transform your life and make yourself happier. Quit that toxic job when you find what is good and makes you excited to wake up every day. Break up with that toxic relationship or friendship. Build boundaries, chase where your heart leads, and find more time for things that make you feel good no matter how small or how big they are, no matter what anyone has to say about it. Four, face your fears and understand that failure is a part of the process. Become friends with them both and keep moving forward. If you want a different reality, embrace these two and watch how the magic unfolds. And five, master your mindset, have control over your mind, set up your boundaries, build rock hard, solid skin so nothing gets into you and nothing gets into your mind so that you can literally achieve absolutely anything you want in life. I want to also end off with this post I came across by Nicola Hobbs and she's a psychologist and it reads like this. Rest is more than napping on the sofa. 
Rest is anything that makes our nervous system feel safe enough for our stress response to switch off so our minds and bodies can recover and restore. And then she categorizes rest as follows. And I love the way she did this in a way that helps you spread out more balance in your life. Physical rest is sleep, stretching, nourishing food, mindful movement. Mental rest is any kind of non-thinking activity, baking, painting, gardening, single-tasking. Emotional rest is crying, journaling, therapy, healthy emotional expression, sharing rather than suppressing. Social rest is hugs, solitude, intimacy, community, activism, employee resource groups. Sensory rest is silence, relaxing music, soothing scents, loose clothing, cozy socks. Spiritual rest is meditation, prayer, poetry, yoga, energy healing, full moon rituals. Creative rest is drawing, pom-pom making, cake decorating, fantasy novels, trying a new recipe. Playful rest is anything fun and unproductive, watching a rom-com, playing a board game, doing a puzzle, building a fort. Ecological rest is houseplants, car-free days, growing your own, hiking, bird watching, wild swimming. Altruistic rest is any kind of giving without expecting anything in return, deep listening, volunteering, random acts of kindness, contributing to something larger than ourselves, sometimes holding space for others, and sometimes letting ourselves be helped. So I really love that post because while it gives examples of things and some may fit for you and some may not, you can see how the word rest takes on a new meaning here, and it's also just about living, and it's living life outside of working and hustling and stress. So I hope this episode brought value to you. You can make a list of some things that stuck out to you the most that you believe will help you the most, and don't worry about trying to tick off a bunch of things. What are the parts, if you listen to your mind and body, that would be yelling for help, right? Focus on those. And then the rest will fall into place. All right. Thanks for listening into episode 13 and getting into that 888 alignment. Stay tuned for next week's episode into the new year, 2024. I'll chat with you guys next year. Thank you for listening into the 888 Align podcast. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. I would really appreciate that to help the growth of the podcast. If you want to check out more and join the 888Align community, you can give the podcast a follow on all social platforms at 888Align Podcast.